This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from a beautiful, chaste, and respectful studio city, California, this is The Knapsack Files, and I'm Ken Knapsack, your host. For the 42nd regular edition, there's been a couple bonus episodes of The Knapsack Files, but this is uh, episode number 42, which is a special number to me. I say this podcast is a show about life, the universe, and everything, well as any Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan knows, the ultimate answer to the ultimate question about life, the universe, and everything is 42. So that makes this episode special enough. But making it even more special is a person I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. I've been the quiet boy on the other side of the podcast room, waiting to get her on my show. Uh, She's one of my favorite people, and I hope she'll become one of yours. And plus, she, I think, deserves a little bit of a chance of a rebuttal of last week's uber-popular, uber-talked-about Bobby Finstock episode of The Knapsack Files. This is my friend from Schmozno, but so much more. DC All Access, Fandango, The Stack Show on Schmozno. Uh, YouTube and a lot more. Tiffany Smith. Hello. Tiffany Smith. <laughs> you don't know that I always sing that song to myself when I drive to your show or your, your apartment <laughs> to record Stack, don't you? So I feel like you've done it a couple times coming in. Tiffany Smith. It is. Uh, I, I, you ever hear the uh, the song by uh, Velvet Underground? Stephanie says. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Tiffany Smith. I like it. I like it yeah. that I have a theme song in your you head. You do have a theme song in my head. So Tiffany Smith, little Tiffany from New York, right? Born in Santa Monica, actually. That's right. Moved you... to the East Coast when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I met you, I swore you were half Filipino and Hispanic. <laughs> And that was not the case. Not the case um, at all. You have an interesting backstory, I think. Yeah. And uh, you are a glamour nerd now, right? Yes. Is that how you refer to yourself? I say I'm like glamorously geeky. Gam- I have like this- Explain that. There's a geeky side of me, and there always has been. I mean, I used to make, this is, I don't know if this is necessarily geeky, but tomboyish. Like, I used to make stews in the backyard with plants, mud, and just, like, dump water in it, and then I'd eat things. Did you make those stews for second breakfast? I did. I made the stews for second breakfast, not third breakfast. Um, And my dad, at one point, had to, like, take me around the yard and be like, you can't eat that, you can't eat that, you can't eat that. Um, So I feel like I've always had this tomboy-ish side of me. And so reading comics and watching the cartoons and all that kind of stuff started at a young age. And then when I got a little bit older, it was like I loved clothes. I moved a lot growing up. So Mm. um, every new city we moved to, my dad would kind of be like, so what what are you going to show people about yourself on your first day of school outfit? (laughs) And since I was born out on the West Coast in Santa Monica, I was like a surfer girl. Like, I wore Mm -hmm. no fear and Stussy and Rusty and all that kind of stuff. Little town and country? A little bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Vans, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, So when I moved to the East Coast, I was like, oh, I'm so that California girl. Um, So I think I've always had this idea of like that how you dress and what you put forward definitely tells people a bit about yourself, too. So it's that balance of 
Yeah, and and in a very good way. You know, we are obviously. I so want to get into the discussion of your father, who I've never met, but is one of my favorite people in the world, <laughs> uh, Rick Smith, who uh, follows me on Twitter and tweets the most adorable things about you. Um, that's a good thing. Incredibly awesome dad. He raised two daughters, right? You have yep. a sister, right? Mm-hmm. One older sister. One older sister. So he clearly he and your mother did a damn good job. Um, but for him to say, "Hey, what are you going to show people about yourself in your personality early yeah. on?" I like that. That's yeah. him, that is him crafting strong personalities. Well, not only that, but it's like you can. I I literally probably moved like I. So I was born in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived in Poway. We lived in. Oh, you lived in Poway. West, really? Okay. Yeah, we lived in Poway. A good friend who lives in Poway. Okay. Yeah. Um, then we moved to Hershey, Pennsylvania, Westchester, Pennsylvania, Farmington, Connecticut, Burlington, Connecticut. Um, is this because your dad had a record and was running? <laughs> maybe he wasn't no, a good father. No, was wasn't. he in the military? What was it? No, he basically it was just like he ended well, up. Maybe it was your mother. No, no, no. no. We did. We moved. It, we moved for my dad's work. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ended up having like a higher up job within insurance companies and stuff. So anytime they had cutbacks, um, okay. he kind of had to move wherever the job gotcha. was at the level that he was at. I would, uh, gu- I would guess that would make you, your sister, and your parents very close. Yeah, we're a very, very tight-knit family. A little traveling unit. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's, I remember distinctly when I moved to Hershey, Pennsylvania from California, mm-hmm. I was like, if it does not snow on Christmas, I'm going to hate you forever. Like, I remember looking out my mom's window while she was driving me somewhere, and it snowed on Christmas, and I was like, <laughs> yes, this is the greatest place ever. There I loved a, it. There is a God. He made it snow on the East Coast. Now, when mm-hmm. you went to the East Coast and adopted your, brought your California style, when you mm-hmm. came back, because you ended up settling in New York, right? Or, yeah. Early, um, did you, when you came back, did you come back with your East Coast attitude? I think I have a balance of both, actually. It's the, I think there's, I mean, you know me. There's yeah. like a little bit of, I'm I'm pretty straightforward. I yeah. don't think I beat around the bush very much. If I feel something, yeah. I might not say it immediately, but when I do say it, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not kind of like a roundabout way of saying it, which I think is an East Coast kind of mentality. Right. Um, but I think a lot of East Coast, West Coast stuff kind of falls away with me because a lot of my personality just comes from my faith and yeah. that kind of stuff too. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about your faith in Gondor later. Um <laughs> oh and, and, and God and Jesus too. Yeah. Um yeah, I just you know, some of those people it's like you go to Europe and, and you're like, in America we eat pizza with our hands and you come back over here to LA and you're like, yeah. you know, in Europe we eat it with our forks. <laughs> like, uh but yeah, so you are truly an amalgamation of a lot of things then. I'm just picking this up right away and I, I really hadn't stopped to think about it. Uh beyond just ethnic makeup. Yeah. Uh, which is the easiest, quickest thing to to see. It's it's East Coast, West Coast, it, it's it's uh, career and face and everything's kind of molded in that little head of yours, huh? Yeah. I think, I mean, there is a lot going on in there, but I don't know any different. So, like, I've only been in this head. <laughs> That's an excellent point. That's an excellent There's not point. multiple personalities going on in here, so. You said you were attracted to comic books and movies and all that kind of stuff early on. Mm-hmm. How early do um, you recall? I think I must have really started reading comics when I was, like, I don't know, maybe eight or, it's like, seven, eight or nine-ish. But okay. I remember when I was really small, I would try and sneak downstairs and, like, watch things that I wasn't supposed to watch. Like, I remember the original like, Dark Shadows okay. was okay. on, and my parents would watch it. It was, like, the black and white soap opera version. You're talking about, like, Coed Confidential or something. No, 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 no. Um, I definitely tried to sneak MTV Spring Break at some point oh, yeah. as well, because I wasn't allowed to watch that. Yeah. Um, but I would sneak downstairs and, like, crawl under the coffee table and watch Dark Shadows while my parents would watch it. 
And I think wait, that, wait, 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 wait. They didn't know you were there. No. Well, I mean, I, I, they were, I like to room? believe that they didn't know, Am but I just, I'm sure that they did know that I was down there. I would love if that was an exclusive <laughs> revealed to the Smith family right now. Like if this is the first time they're dad, like, you what? can, you can tweet it in dad. If you didn't know, I watched dark shadows with you guys. Um, but yeah, so I think that I always had kind of that like and desire for that kind of stuff where it's right. like sci-fi fantasy. Um, and I've talked to you a little bit about this, but yeah. my dad did martial arts when he yeah. was younger and did martial arts and fight choreography for a film that some people know called Dolomite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so when he started out and they were living in California, I think there was always a part of him um, that was drawn to the entertainment industry. Okay. Um, but because of, you know, my dad is a mixture of ethnicities as well. So mm-hmm. he is African-American, but he's Creole. So he's French, black, Spanish, a gotcha. little bit of Cherokee. So at the time when Dolomite came out, it was one of the first black exploitation films. And all of the black actors at the time had, you know, the stereotypical like Afro. Big Afro, 70s yeah. Afro, got it. Yeah. And my dad had straight hair. They used to call him Cochise when he was younger because he looked more Native American. Yeah, I can see that. I can see uh, that in you too a little yeah. bit. Yeah, a little bit. So he didn't, like, it was hard at that time because now it's like everyone wants ethnically ambiguous. But then it wasn't, like, the desirable thing. It was like, we've got to know what you are and you don't fall into something so we don't know what to do with you. Fair, yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely that makes sense back then, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that kind of has always been, like, the artistic side of things. And my mom was a teacher, so she always did, like, creative endeavors with us and was taking us to art museums and history and traveling and you know, so I think that that probably complements what your father was trying to instill too, as well. It seems like they were a good team. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, Smiths. Yeah, uh, raising that up. Yeah. So your your teacher uh, teacher mother is going to not just correct your grammar, but encourage more education <laughs> and learning. And that's yes. So if little little Tiffy Smith wants to read under her covers a comic book, mom was like, well, at least it's complete sentences. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, she. My mom was. You know, she was the one who was bringing all the like Disney kind of side of things in. Uh, yeah, you uh, are a Disney princess. I love. Disneyland so much yeah, oh gosh are. it's so great I have like five pairs of ears at my house with my name on them and everything I mean if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter you know how often I go to Disneyland I can, can we make this promise that one day at some point in our lives we can uh, tag team um, other people can join us for sure in the fun I'd like to go to Disneyland with you yeah absolutely because I enjoy it and I love finding people place. that enjoy it oh my god it's my favorite place yeah okay makes me so happy yeah. there's something in, like so interesting about Disneyland because you can literally walk by and see a guy who looks like he is part of a motorcycle gang yeah. with Mickey Mouse ears on his head. And then you see like some like hipster walking with yeah. like his girlfriend and they have the like Mickey Mouse and Mickey Mouse his I and hers t-shirts on. I just it's, totally agree with that. It's so crazy. It's You look at that and you're like, well, he's got gauges in his ears and a mohawk and she's uh, white face paint, black yeah. hair. And they were like, hey, you want to go to Disneyland? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was Do you walking. want to wear your Mickey Mouse shirt that you have? Because you have one. I was walking in, and there was some, uh, uh, I'm telling you, straight gang members, because of the other line of work I do, I can pick them out of crowds really good. It's not. Uh, it's just behavior uh, profiling versus anything other negative. It's just you knew what they were. These were tough guys. Yeah. These were tough, serious dudes. Yeah. And they walked in, and I was with someone, and one of them goes, yo, man, that's Droofy, yo. And, like, Goofy's walking by. <laughs> and go, maybe it's a Goofus. <laughs> Because yo man, that's goofus, <laughs> and it was one of the best moments of my life. Because yeah. I'm like, this dude loved it with the yeah. tats and the teardrop tattoos. Everything was there, man. Yeah. Everything that made my my law enforcement side of my my brain go, uh oh, 
oh, but that guy loves Goofy. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> so, it's, it's different from any other amusement park because yeah. it's like you go to Six Flags yes. and or other parks where it's like someone pushes you in line and you're like, oh, I better be careful because this yeah. might start a fight. At Disneyland, you bump somebody, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Where are you from? Like, oh, yeah. is this, how many times you come to Disneyland too? What's your favorite ride? Like, yeah. you just Not, start chatting. I wouldn't with go to Knott's Berry Farm without a gun. Uh, Magic <laughs> Mountain, uh, same thing. I know people who worked uh, the uh, corporate level security up there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better than it used to be. So yeah. if anyone from Magic Mountain is listening, don't have <laughs> problems with me. It has improved greatly. They've done great, taken great strides, but it's still tough. Yeah. Disneyland, it is such, Walt did such a good world job of creating this false world yeah. that you get lost in that I so think uh, hey man that's goofus yo yeah people like it I'm into it alright so good it's settled the show's <laughs> over we're going to Disneyland <laughs> I haven't uh, gone this week did Did you know growing up um, and you grew up in uh, mid 80s right mm-hmm. if I say your formative years you're, I'm a few years older than you now kid but um, did you know at the time was it odd at all to be a girl getting into that stuff comics movies pop culture stuff I think when I was really young, I didn't notice it. Maybe mm-hmm. during like my late high school, early college years, I started to realize it was weird, and I kind of yeah. fell away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I stopped doing it, stopped reading it as much, or being as vocal about it. Because um, yeah. there's that part of you where it's like, I want to be the cool girl, and like this isn't viewed as a cool thing at the time. So it was much more quiet and much more under the radar yeah. and, and and to clarify when you're saying cool thing you're thinking general yeah it was sometimes not a cool thing at one point but also just as a female yeah it wasn't it wasn't normal we're in a great era where that's starting to mm-hmm. fall away for sure but I, i'll jump ahead in this conversation and we can go back and talk talk the path but i've mentioned it before on another episode of the show um i was i've been witness to you being treated bad at comic conventions by some guys selling comics yeah uh, and you're hosting at the time you weren't hosting DCL Access, but you are now, and you were doing stuff then. And it was I think at that time I was still doing stuff for G4. Yeah, like Attack of the Show next play, and, and it was still kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. And I was I was appalled number one and two, just aghast, like really. Yeah, I, I it's interesting because I think it's like no matter what you say as a female, and it's definitely getting better. But there are moments not all where the way it's there, like, but it's no, out, yeah. it's like there are moments where it's like, no matter what you say, you're going to say something wrong. Like yeah. I, the instance that you're talking about, the guy asked me, oh, so you're into comics. Like, what are you reading? Yeah. And I said comics that had come out that week that I was reading. Like, these are the titles right. I'm reading right now. And he's like, oh, but like other ones. And I'm like, well, that's what came out in the shop this week. So I'm reading current comics. Yeah. Um, but it definitely is something. Archie. I'm reading Archie. <laughs> I'm like, do you want me to go through and be like, oh, well, my favorite is The Killing Joke. Also, <laughs> yeah. I read Sandman. Yeah, and like, here's the plot descriptions as follows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, and look, uh, uh, there's obviously some issues on those guys' side. Uh, there's some insecurities and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I get to, and I've battled uh, a little bit sometimes, and I know you, you might know, I'm not going to say specifically, I never do, but sometimes I run into the posers and the fake ones mm-hmm. who are the hot chicks who just made a good career choice. It drives me a little crazy at times yeah. because I do feel growing up growing up nerd was uh it wasn't it was i was choked and punched and you know pushed i got my lunch money stolen yeah and all that stuff because i hung around and talked about last night saturday night live or star wars quotes you know and so uh and i had no chance at those girls and now you're you know it's like oh of course you like star wars but i've come to learn uh, because i've surrounded myself with so many great friends like like you and 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 Brittany wallach um and and megan finley and all those friends i have yeah. who are f- of the female variety who, <laughs> you know, 
recently I got the chance to sit down with, with Alicia Malone and Maude Garrett, and, and Maude, that girl knows Star Wars like yeah, almost does. no one I've met. Yes, and she does. I, it, it's like, cool, where were you all 25 years ago? Oh, I know, you were hiding in your rooms because you were told not to like yeah. this stuff. It's definitely something that now there are so many more girls that I connect with on that stuff where you can talk about comics and you're like, oh, you're reading this. I'm reading this. This is awesome. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because I think there are, you know, there are posers, guys and girls. Oh, God. That's yeah, the problem. It's like absolutely. you go to Comic-Con and it's so interesting because you'll see someone dressed up as something, mm-hmm. some character, and you're like, oh, so you're dressed as, I don't know, like... Nightwing, and you're like, yeah. tell me some like what what are you reading right now that you really like? And they're like, oh, just like like the costume. And w- sorry that I did that voice for a dude dressed as Nightwing, but you're like, Accurate. there are people who cosplay that have no idea, but no one yes. generally asks guys. Like if you're cosplaying and you're a dude at Comic Con, they don't get questions. It's but just a girl, yeah, yeah, a girl. It's like, oh, you just wanted to dress up because you wanted to look sexy. Which yeah. I mean, more power to you if that's part of it, yeah. but. Please don't pretend like you know stuff. That's where the problem comes up. Because mm, okay. I would much rather have somebody say, you know what? I love this. I don't read the comics, but I'm into this and I'm getting into this world. Fine. Have you ever been at Comic-Con or WonderCon or Comic Fest, some kind of con, and seen one of these <laughs> girls and pulled her aside and said, hey, let me talk to you in the hallway. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> you don't know, Jack. Who's Dick Grayson? Do you know? No. no. Have you never done that? No. I never have because... The thing for me, too, is that I think that the comic book world is so, it can be very exclusive. It's mm-hmm. very, it can be very much like elitist, like indie music, where it's like, oh, you oh, don't yeah. know this band or you don't know this artist. Yeah. And I I've, I compare it a lot of times to just reading novels, mm-hmm. where if you're like, if you like to read books, you probably have not read every book that has right. ever come out by every author. Mm-hmm. And with comic books, you're kind of expected to have read everything that's come out you're like i love comic books and they're like well did you read this run did you read this comic that came out did you read issue 769 and you're like uh no i haven't they're like oh well you don't really know stuff because of of you matt key and joe ruggerello i i went back to comics but really for the first time and my friend tim powers tim if you're listening i want to give you credit too for my comic (laughs) club um but i worked with you on stacked when we started recording stacked the first episode i'm like bat dude i don't know nothing (laughs) you didn't even say bat dude it was like dude with the cape and the <laughs> strong muscles stuff and, and then it was watching you get those new dark horse star wars comics yeah oh, i kind of coveted those yep. and then i went but i felt i went one time i, I love the hawkeye series the fraction yeah. hawkeye series and uh what is issue 11 or 12 was all from the perspective of, of the dog yeah so the month later <laughs> i was like i picked up hawkeye and the guy was like wasn't that uh, issue last week wasn't it just great and i yeah. was like yes it was the one with the dog, right? And he's like, yeah. And I felt like, oh, I passed the test. Yeah. Oh, phew. And yeah. I was all sweaty. <laughs> I mean, it's I joke, but I did seriously do this. I moved back to L.A. about three years ago now from mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was looking for my first apartment, I was like, okay, I need to go around, check out the comic shops, see what the vibe is. Because every comic shop is very different. It is. And being a female and going into a comic shop is a different experience mm-hmm. in every shop. Like, I can have a guy friend who's like, oh, this is the best shop ever. Yeah. And I go in, and they think I'm shopping for my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They think I'm, like, wandering into the wrong store to ask for directions. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that I couldn't it? possibly want, like, a weekly subscription to anything. Yeah. Hashtag yes all women. Also, hashtag yes all comic book women. All right? yeah. It's a thing. I've, yeah. I've witnessed it many times. Yeah. And it's, I mean... I again say it's getting a lot better. There are awesome girls out there who really know sure. stuff. Like, I mean, Hayslip 
Mm-hmm. Great girl, knows a lot of stuff. Allison mm-hmm. Hayslip. Um, Claire Grant, she mm-hmm. knows so much stuff about mm-hmm. that world. Yeah. Um, and even like Jess Chobot, where it's like mm-hmm. somebody like that where I can sit and just chat and talk about this stuff. And, you know, you already mentioned uh, Maude Garrett. And yeah. it's cool when you can find a group of women that get it and that are into it, but can also still be girls. And you don't feel like you have to choose one side or the other. Yeah, totally get that. Totally get that. And I think it's it's more it's easier to obtain that nowadays. Back, yeah. Going back then, taking the story back. At one point, I know you said high school, college, but mm-hmm. we all did that. I actually took my Legos down from my room in college <laughs> before putting them back up again. Yeah. Um, so outside of the normal kind of like, gotta be cool. Yeah. At, at what point were, did you realize, ooh, I shouldn't be doing this as a girl? And at what point were you like, I don't care, I'm gonna do it? Yeah. Um. I feel like in for me in high school, uh, I was on the smarter side of things. <laughs> she says that she's wearing her glasses tonight. Um, so I also had that like kind of nerdy perspective, and it's gotcha. like I really only hung out with four other girls that were my best friends. We weren't really in the cool circle. And yeah, I was going to ask you point blank: you weren't you weren't a cool kid, were you? I was cool in middle school. Gotcha. I was cool in middle school, and then after that, I wasn't really cool. Um, (laughs) I was horribly uncool up until my senior year when people realized, oh, this guy might have his own show one day. (laughs) Uh, And I actually got friends like, uh, people never talk to me, cheerleader people like, oh, if you ever get a talk show, can I be the first guest? (laughs) Sure, sure you can, girl who doesn't know my name. Yeah. It's weird because I think the moving thing plays into that even because elementary school. I got my lunch money stolen every day by mm. a girl that I'm now friends with, which is crazy. Really? She, yeah, because when I moved back to California, we we ended up becoming friends towards the end of elementary school. They came to visit and her, she whatever. But um, she would stand at the end of this like tunnel every day <laughs> and steal my money. And my best friend, because I didn't play sports, like yeah. I I'm. I'm not very good at the whole hand-eye coordination mm, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was bad at sports, and my best friend who lived next door to me was really into sports. She was great at softball. Um, and so she became friends with this girl who was the bully, and then she had to tell the bully to be like, you should be nice to Tiffany because she's cool. <laughs> um, but that, I'm going to beat you but up But that was like bag. after a while of her stealing my lunch money, it got to the point right. where it happened so much, it wasn't really stealing it. I would just walk yeah. down and hand it to her. <laughs> Um, so was, there you go. Sorry. I only got $2.35. Yeah. So elementary school, I was not cool. Yeah. Middle school, I moved to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and it was a smaller, like, pool. And I, I think that's when I came in with the, like, hey, I'm from California. I'm, like, a skater chick kind of thing. So I was cool. Um, had braces. Really bad yeah. buck teeth. Um, <laughs> like, sucked my thumb for a long time. So my front teeth. Oh, that, Yeah. Um, so middle school, I don't, I just still don't understand how I was cool with braces and stuff. But uh, apparently, you brought that California cred. Yeah, <laughs> you brought it. Well, apparently, kind of, she's wearing Vans and no socks. <laughs> yeah, I totally did. Um, and then high school was we moved again in high school, and that was when I was really like, oh, this like comic book kind of nerdy thing. I felt like the popular girls, like it was very much like Mean Girls for me in high school. Gotcha. Um, I just didn't really fit in and the friends that I had there were a couple of girlfriends that I had that we went to the same church together Mm -hmm. Um, so we became really good friends and then college for me I think it started my freshman year I went to Syracuse Um, my freshman year I wasn't that's where I was going to go yeah when I wanted to be a baseball announcer because it's such a great broadcast great broadcast school Yeah. Um, yeah new house woo woo um, I just did it 
fist pump. You guys can't see me. It's kind of awkward. Uh, <laughs> so when I got to college my freshman year, um, I think that was when I kind of started being like, okay, I just want to do my own thing. I started coming into my own and figuring out who I was more. And my sophomore year, I rushed a sorority. Mm. And I think once I had that solid group of friends, I wasn't as embarrassed to feel like this is really who I am. I'm a nerd. Right. I'm a nerd who goes to church. I'm also in a sorority. I like to dance. I like to wear dresses. Like, I like all Disneyland. Of the- <laughs> Be honest with me. When when they initially said you have to rush the sorority, did you grab your, your sword and horse from Rohan and think that's what it was? <laughs> I wish I'd thought that. Ride out with me. I would be way cooler if I did that. I don't think I would have gotten into a sorority. <laughs> what can we do against so much reckless hate? Oh God, so Ride good. out with me to the sorority. So good. <sighs> yeah. Look to the east. Look to the east. Um, Dawn on the fifth day. <laughs> uh, we could get going for a while. Lord of the rain. One day. i got to do it again. I watch the extended cuts oh, in God. one day. I do that once a year or so. so I try to do that too. Yeah. The la- I, did it, I didn't do it last year. I did it by myself last year. But the year before... I cooked chili and cornbread and mm. just like left my apartment door open to friends and was like, hey, come in whenever you want. I'm going to be watching all day in my jammies. If I watched in. all extended edition coverage of Lord of the Rings after having cornbread and chili, I have to leave the door open too, <laughs> but there wouldn't be friends with me. <laughs> oh, stop. There was pooping going on. That's what he wants to say. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, when did you latch on to uh, this career choice? Um, you started to say you became who you are. You started to be, here we go again, become, put aside the ranger and be who you were born to be. Yes. So oh, when did that God, all start God's to hit? <laughs> um, so I, my sister did commercials when she was really young. Okay. Um, and I think she, what happened with her was she booked stuff and then she would get on set and she'd freak out because she started seeing commercials on TV of these kids and she was like, if I'm on the commercial, I can't be with you guys. So she saw them on television and was like, they're far away from their family. <laughs> so she would book and then not do a great job on set. So my parents were like, this is not for our kids. Like, we don't yeah. want to do this. And so I remember being really young and being like, but I'm different. Like, I want an agent. Like, there was a phase where I think every night I asked my dad to be like, when do I get to get an agent? When can I get an agent? <laughs> what a precocious uh, five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Which now at this point, I'm like, thank good- thank goodness that didn't happen. Yeah. Um. But so I I sang for a while. Like I did vocal mm-hmm, coaching mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then right before college, I recorded a demo. Um, and that was my plan. I was like, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to really? pursue this like pop star kind of R&B pop star kind of career path. And my parents were like, you're going to go to college. You're going to get a degree <laughs> that you can fall back on. And then you can decide from there. All right. Um, so I studied music industry as my minor at Syracuse okay. and then majored in broadcast journalism because I felt like it was still entertainment related, but hmm. communications. And I just fell in love with it. Um, I took acting classes while I was there, too, um, and just really, really fell in love with hosting and felt like... Hmm. The things that ha- the things that my life had given me as far as moving so much really played well as into that hosting world because it's like I can walk into any room and I'm like we're gonna have something in common like right. there is gonna be some common ground between us where I feel like I can connect with you and I can have a relationship where whether how long or short that is right um, and plus your non regional dialect is perfect exactly you've been in so many regions and that my <laughs> voice is like kind of deeper than a lot of girls voices. I don't really have like a ladies. Yeah, thing. it is funny. I've done late night stack shoots with Tiffany, and she's like, "Let's get going." 
let's just get it going after one, we're having some whiskey <laughs> having some whiskey or having like a weekend where i've been smoking cigars it happens <laughs> yeah see you're 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 uh you are an amalgamation of so many things look at this this cigar smoking chomping starbuck whiskey <laughs> drinking you give you give some of the best whiskey gifts i've ever received um so yeah that's so funny so you you, you latch so there's no album out there by tiffany jade some Stop kind of sultry it. r&b song no or something. there's not so i did there's still time for the that. most that i got to so after college um i moved to new york and i joined a pop girl group get the heck out yes of i did I we were called because you're on the show <laughs> we were called impulse yeah. Don't Google it, guys, because there's nothing you're going to find. We basically got to the point where you're shopping around to labels for <laughs> development deals. I'm, in, uh, I'm Googling right yeah. now, too. <laughs> Impulse. Um, and so we did. We were taking choreography classes. We gotcha. were writing music together. Um, and for me, it ended up being uh, there were four girls in the group at the time. It was basically like, which I'm going to just say the name of a band and mm. everyone's going to laugh at me. But so they were trying to kind of do the same thing that Puff Daddy, P. Diddy did yeah. with Danity Kane. Mm-hmm. So they wanted like all girls from around the world, all the ethnicities are covered. I happen to cover a lot of them. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. <laughs> she's black, she's white, but people think she's Asian. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I was in this group. I was 21. No. Yeah, I was there's 21 at the time. There's some photos that you can share eventually. Nope. No. How much can I pay your father to find these nothing. press photos? No, oh my God. You don't pay my dad because he'll send you glamour shots that he took in our yard of me <laughs> with like a blossom teal velvet hat on. <laughs> New single by Impulse. <laughs> um, so we we started recording and they were only recording two of us in the studio. Myself and one other girl gotcha. would go and record. They would have the other two girls go in but wouldn't record them mm-hmm. and would overdub our two voices. Really? And didn't tell them. And I was like, I can't, this, uh, first of all, you want me to say I'm 17 and I'm 21. Like, right. that's one thing. But now you want me to lie to the girls that are supposed to be, quote unquote, family to me. Yeah. Um. So it just wasn't my thing. And shady. Then, yeah, it was a little bit, it was mm. a little bit shady. And, and I think there's a part of it where in the music industry, when you're younger, you know, there's a lot of, they have an idea of what they want you to be and yeah. they put that on you and you don't really have a say. It's very well crafted. Yeah, that's why, yeah. That's why it works. Yes. That's why it happens. Yeah, it hits. When someone hits with a single, it is so well crafted. Yeah. at that point. They've thought it's everything Nirvana, through. You know? yeah. They've thought everything through on, on the pop side. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think for me, it was just ended up being that hosting was something that you know I joke about this, but I'm like things have happened in my life that I'm mm-hmm. just like for me, there's no other way of explaining it than like God ordained path kind of stuff where it's yeah. like. I ended up working at a modeling I mean, a modeling agency in New York. I was a booking agent's assistant after college because I was like, ah, I don't want to do this hosting thing. It's scary. I have to audition. Um, mm-hmm. And after being there for a little while, they brought in a new on-camera agent because the agency just did print models. Um, so I was working there, met this new agent. We started chatting. She's like, you have a reel from college? Why are you not using yeah. that to start getting jobs? And Why are you just pushing paper? Yeah. Come on, yeah. kid. You're a star. Yeah. Yeah, I am a star. <laughs> when do you get an agent? <laughs> um, daddy, daddy, I want an agent. Daddy, I want a talking squirrel. Um, so, yeah, I met her, and then she mm. kind of gave me like this rundown of these are some websites to start looking at. She was like, I can't submit you myself because you work here and mm. you're not a client. Um, but the first hosting job I got was from Craigslist. Like, Really? Yeah, it was for an AOL pilot. 
and booked that. It was my first thing. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, you know, I started booking a lot of stuff. I, at the same time, was also like doing the whole struggling yeah. entertainment kind of personality where it's like, I worked at a gym, I worked at a bar, I worked at a restaurant. I'm a terrible waitress, guys. <laughs> terrible. The worst. Why? Are you too friendly? No, I get, you know this from trivia. I get really flustered. Oh, you do. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm like, I haven't figured this out, why I can do live television. Yeah. And I don't get flustered. Yeah. But if you start doing trivia to me, I get really flustered. Things you know. And a restaurant setting is the same thing as trivia to me. I go to a table, they give me their orders, (laughs) and I literally walk away, and I'm like, what did they tell me they wanted? So I'll, I'll have the Red Robin Royal Deluxe Burger. I'll have no fries. Give me a salad and a Diet Coke. And you're like, I don't know what they ate. Yeah. I would get so flustered. And then it got so bad that like, oh man, this is the, it was so awkward. So this, I work, it was working at a restaurant in New York um, and it was a Mexican restaurant and all these guys, bankers, financial guys came in on their lunch break and they were probably like in their late 20s early 30s so yeah. I like go over to the table serve them their food whatever go to pick up the food at the end an entire plate of refried beans all over this guy's suit like I picked <laughs> them up and it was like in his lap and I just turned beet red and they start laughing and I run away and like you know this is weird for me I don't nec- I don't like crying very much I start crying <laughs> In the back of the restaurant, because I feel so awful that I'm like, he has to go back to work with me. Find me the Yeah, uh, that's true. You don't. Tiffany does not cry. People, uh, she has no feelings. This is a fact we we learned. Um, wow. Okay. So, um, I don't even know how I got on that story. Uh, I don't. That's the beauty of the knapsack files. Is we just roll through life. Oh. We roll through life. Yeah. So, so, what was your first big? I know you did a series of dating advice videos. Your dad shared those with me. Um, for Tango. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. What was your first big gig? Was G four or anything before? Um, my first, the first job where I didn't have to do anything else, like where mm. it was like this is, this is I it? this is full time. I landed a show for AT and T Tech Channel. Um, it was only internal for AT&T. Um, but we did like weekly shows about technology where it would be like ghost hunting tech and we'd go to like an old mansion and like test out all this technology and do videos about it. And the cool thing about it was it was a team of like seven or eight of us and we were all around the same age, really young, out of college. Hmm. Um, and we just kind of got to have fun and do like create our own show and we're getting paid decent amount to do you it you do put us yeah, out of a job yeah absolutely and then on top of that they wanted us to do like a kind of behind the scenes web series so that was when i started getting back into acting so mm-hmm. we did the hosted show and then they were like we want to do a funny version of the hosted show but like scripted yeah. stuff of like what happens in the office ridiculous things so we shot like maybe 30 episodes like mm-hmm. web series within like three weeks two awesome. weeks um and so it was like okay I can still do this. Like, I'd taken acting stuff when I was younger, but I had been away from it for so long. Hmm. Uh, so that was kind of the first big thing for me where it was like, okay, this is what I want to do gotcha. full-time. I don't want to do anything else. And um, I think it, there was definitely a phase, and you'll I think a lot of people say this, but there was when I was working at the modeling agency, I remember there being a day distinctly where I was sitting in the office, and I was like, this my, my job was bad. Like, yeah. yeah. 
my boss would call me in the middle of the night and be like, I left my window open and it's raining. You need to go close it. And it was my first real job. And so I thought, I was like, this is why people don't like to work because they yeah. have to do this stuff. So I'd go and close it. And I mm. remember coming home and telling my parents over Christmas what was happening. And they were like, oh, that's not normal. Like, you need to not be there. Wait a minute. You're just doing the, the plot of Devil Wars product. It was real. It was real. Starring your, they, your favorite Anne Hathaway. The, yeah, my fave. Why, um, why do you hate Anne Hathaway? I don't hate Anne Hathaway. Okay. It's it. This is proven that I don't hate her. I'm saying it. It's documented. I don't hate Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I just don't know that we'd be best friends in real life. That's all. Fair enough. Um, so you're at this job. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was just, I remember sitting there and being like, okay, God, if this is where you want me to be, mm-hmm. if this is the path that you have for me, I'm going to find every way possible that I can make myself happy here and not want this other thing where it was like I think there was also a switch over where it was at some point you look at these careers and you see it as a like celebrity thing mm-hmm. and at that point for me it was like a switch over I just want to be successful at what I love doing yes yes, and, yes I know exactly what you're talking about yeah, yeah. and so the, once I made that kind of internal switch that's when I started booking things that's mm-hmm. when the job started coming and um, the AT&T job came so that was my first really big kind of thing where I was like okay I can mm-hmm. do this full time and then G4 for me was man a freaking dream job because yeah. I watched the show I loved Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn on there mm-hmm. it was my favorite show to watch and I was like one day I'm going to work on that show one day I'm going to host on that show and every time I flew out to LA to visit family or anything um, I would have my agents try and set up any meeting possible to meet anybody at G4 Yeah, and I'd come out met with them kind of the whole quiz thing where it's like do you really know your stuff is she you know energetic mm-hmm. can she like go off the cuff um, so I met with them a couple of times and they were like, well, we can't do anything unless you're living in LA. Hmm. And so I, I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, it's like Indiana Jones walking out onto the invisible bridge yeah. where I was like, I'm just going to step out. And if I fall on my face, I can come back to New York and I'll be yeah. fine. Um, did you whisper a penitent man shall pass? A penitent man shall pass. <laughs> yeah, did you? Okay. I did. I did. Okay. As I got on the airplane. Actually, no. I listened to Miley Cyrus party in the USA. Really? Yeah. I would have Hopped just... out of the plane at LAX. Because oh, no. I was landing at LAX. I would have just <laughs> listened to Impulse. Um, so, yeah, I got to LA and ended up, you know, coming. And G4 was like, we would love for you to do the feed. Okay. Um, and from doing that, it was right around the time when Olivia had left the show. Mm-hmm. So they were having a bunch of girls come in. So I got to, on my birthday, I got to co-host Attack of the Show. Awesome. And I remember like some of my friends in New York being like, you want to work on your birthday? I was like, this yeah. is the best birthday gift I could ever imagine yeah. that I'm hosting my favorite show with a dude that I think is one of the most quick-witted mm-hmm. Great, like he just has such a great on-camera presence that when you're when Kevin Pereira is hosting with you, you don't half the time you don't realize that he's made a joke about you until ten minutes later, and you're like, "Hey, hold on, you just right. made fun of me." <laughs> um, so yeah, I got to work for G4 and was and th- just like, that, "That's what got you out here." I didn't, I didn't yeah. know G4 is what got you out here. Okay, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a job with them. I just moved you and just was like, it. "We'll see what happens." Wow. Yeah. Wow, a leap from the lion's uh, mouth yep. get you across to the. Uh, to the uh, cup of uh, eternal life there. Wow, that is great. <laughs> Sorry, we're quoting more movies here. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that. Let's so you're out here in Hollywood and there's someone want I think it's a time to get into it on this conversation. Okay. Uh, and that is uh, that is being a Hollywood Christian. Yep. Uh, and I know your faith is very valuable and important and key to your life. It's never I've uh, never seen you waver from it, not meaning that we as Christians don't have doubts or yeah. battles. And, and I'm not and, perfect. I make mistakes. Let me tell you, folks, she ain't, <laughs> she ain't perfect. Um, I, uh, 
I, I call myself these days a failed Christian based on the Nick Lowe song. If you ever heard the Nick Lowe song, listen to it. Uh, and I go to the Church of Bono, it's a different thing. But um, uh, Love, Desire, and the Crisis of Faith is, is what drives me. But this is about you. Um, <laughs> I give you a lot of credit because uh, it, 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 it drives every corner of, of your life, as it should. Uh, when did faith really come into uh, your life as uh, like me raised i was baptized by the late pastor chuck smith and all this fa- like famous <laughs> if Calvary you guys could see ken's yeah. face right now he's he's like humble bragging about this right now well, no i i say to prove like i don't it's not it's again it's not about not about me but i was i started young so i uh, yeah. sometimes i fear i don't have an appreciation of it yeah because i was never on the outside of it yeah uh, what was what's your story? Um, my parents were both Catholic, and right around the time that they met, uh, they became born again Christians. It's hard for me because I feel like there's you know when you say born again Christian, everyone's like, Ooh, it has it's like a, such a crazy connotation to it. Thank, thanks in part to a lot of people who are. <laughs> yeah, well, but you're like you look at any uh, yeah, faith, yeah, and anything there's in in, in, in any fandom in anything there's in always anything. crazy people. And we choose, we're very selective on who we choose to uh, go, oh, they're just uh, crazy, or oh, that's what everyone in that category yeah, is. And I, yeah. I think sometimes when yeah. you say that phrase, oh, yeah. my parents became Christians in the early 70s, which was called, officially called the Jesus Movement, well, yeah. when all the hippies found God. Yeah. So your parents were around the same time then, right? Uh, yeah, and, and you know, I think for me, a lot of it was, my parents' marriage story is just like crazy. Mm. Um I'll get, Rick, I'll get Rick on to tell him yeah. the whole story. <laughs> my, yeah, he would love that. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, mm. my mom is white and my dad's black. Yeah. Obviously, it's like 10 hundred more things than that. But sure. my mom looks white. My dad just looks black. Mm-hmm. So for them to get married in the first place was a huge deal. And yeah. they didn't date. It was that mm. my mom had a dream and God, she's like, it's the only time I've ever audibly heard God speak to mm-hmm. me and say, this is the man for me. Hmm. Um, and my dad had the exact same dream and they've got married and they've been married ever since. And wow. there have been struggles and there have been hard sure. times. And so I think for me, having that be the basis of your parents and seeing how much they love and care for each other and that it stemmed out of having such a strong faith in God and in mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, I think it put a really strong base for me. It was a really yeah. strong place to grow from. Um, and not mm-hmm. saying that like I didn't, you know, try and figure things out on my own and you know didn't yeah. decide hey I'm not going to go to church when I'm in college for a while because mm-hmm. this isn't my thing I don't need to go yeah. uh, and it was it was just very much like it's a place that I go to that I can center myself I like to try mm-hmm. and say that you know when people ask me about it obviously I'll talk about it um, but it's something that works for me and yeah. I base a lot not a lot I base everything that I do off of the fact that Christ is my center yeah, and things come out of that. Uh, and for me, especially living in LA, I'm like, mm-hmm. it helps me so much because it's like, this is such a competitive town. Yeah. Um, the career path that I've chosen is so self-focused sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of the times. Um, and being able to take a step out of it and say, you know, my faith allows me to be able to look at other friends of mine and say your success is my success Mm -hmm, i'm mm -hmm. happy and so excited and can enjoy that and know that each of our paths are different and i trust that god has a perfect plan for my life and Mm -hmm. no matter what comes into that if it's my job it's my job if this is my path it's my path Mm -hmm. um 
and it's served me incredibly well and yeah. just has brought so much joy to my life. It has, and you are a very joyful person. Doesn't mean, <laughs> I, yes, folks, she doesn't cry, but it doesn't mean she doesn't sound. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. It's the thing. It's the end of the baseball game when the guy who wins the World Series says, oh, thank, thank you to God, and people are like, oh, God doesn't watch sports. It's not about that. It's about giving the glory to someone above you, and yeah. you were just a part of a, uh, uh, a journey. And I don't uh, think it takes anything away from you. Like, right. I believe that you know you're thanking God because He gave you the things to be able to do what you do, but you got to put the work in. Like, absolutely, 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 work, 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 and that's what I found. Because for years, I years, years, and it, I didn't directly tie uh, tie it to my religion or my faith, but um, it was just kind of like, oh, I'm on some path that's supposed to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to sit and play Madden. (laughs) It's not happening yet. Yeah. God. Where are you, guys? All right, I'll play more Madden. Yeah, yeah. so you're right. Yeah, make no mistake. It's it's uh, it's a big tool, perhaps the tool on the journey yeah. to take with you. But yeah, and also the difference out here too. And this is why I think you and I have become friends again. I, I uh, I'm failed Christian, but um, <laughs> still active, but failed. Um, but I've heard many times, many times in my 16 years in LA, uh, where people have told me, "You're the only Christian I know." You're yeah. the only Christian I like. You're the only Christian I can stand. Now, sometimes I'll be like, that must mean I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> but that's a different debate on a different podcast. But you know what I mean. We're yeah. like, oh, yeah. maybe it's because I had whiskey with him last <laughs> night. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. But I take it as uh, – I get it because what it also means is is they there's a stigma to it, like you yeah. said, that's so strong yeah. um, that um, they expect something. It's very I'm much, a Christian. Oh, don't judge me. Yeah. Or people are wa- people watch you so much more closely. Yes. As soon as you yes. say you're a Christian, you know, there's a lot of things where people, ex- they think that you're supposed to be X, Y, and Z way. Yeah. And I mean, for me, on so many levels, it's not just being Christian, but being in this nerdy culture as well, you know, there are expectations that are put on you. And I feel like a lot of times I surprise people mm-hmm. and I... I, I don't like I said I don't go out of the box being like I'm Christian I'm gonna throw it in your face because that's not how I feel like no. it should be and so it's like uh, people will get to know me and you're like okay there maybe is something different about me you kind of come from a different place than some people do mm-hmm. what's the what's going on and that like if someone asks me I am more than willing to talk about it um, right it, it's kind of like a restaurant ask us about our roast beef sandwich yeah. like it's there. But you've never the old shove it down my face. That's what people always get. You don't shove it down, the, you know. They shove it down my face, and I, I get it. And I've yeah. had because I've had friends the other way who have swung yeah. and like have told me like, oh yeah, well you need to do. It. I'm like back off, yeah. man. Like this. so, I get it. I get the other side. Yeah. And I think you and I share something too, where we can go to a party and get along with just about any genre of person. Yeah. And uh, our acceptance and tolerance and compassion is so high. Yeah. And for me, I'm just a type. Uh, I don't like to be inside too many bubbles. Yep. And again, not about me. I stopped going to church one night because uh, of something a pastor didn't said. Because I was like, not because of, he was bad or I judged yeah. him. I just was like, this wasn't for me because you are so inside the bubble. You don't know what's going on in the world. Yeah. And I know we should be in the world, but not of the world. But so I kind of thrive a little bit on the outside. Yeah. Uh, you uh, similar at all? Or where am I off base on attaching that to you at all? You, you're so good around so many different people is my point. Yeah, I think, you know, the basis for me is if you look at, the Bible, you're like, the base is to love everyone. It's to love on people Correct. and to be, you know, I really try to be as accessible as I can and like, listen, mm-hmm. you know, there's not, yeah. there's, everybody kind of just wants to be heard and yeah. talk and tell their story. And I look at, you know, 
This sounds, I mean, it's good. Like, take, take another swig I of that whiskey. I feel like there's something where it's like I strive every day to hope that I live a life that is close to how Jesus did. And, you know, he walked with every walk of life. Mm-hmm. He loved on everybody. And mm-hmm. not saying that in every situation he's like, I condone the way that you're living or what you're yes. doing or, you know. That's and, where it gets confusing. Yeah. And it's not it's not that I'm saying everything's okay, mm-hmm. but I can love on you. And guess what? If you ask me, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not the final judge. Like, yeah. that's not my place. If we're friends, and I do this with my friends too, I'm like, hey, is there anything I need to be working on? Is there anything that you're seeing in my life or in my walk that seems off? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the whole reason why God says you need community and you need people yeah. around you that can, you know, hold you accountable when you are doing or behaving in a way that's not right. Because we're human. Like yeah. just because you're Christian does not mean you're perfect. Like I'm no. going to make mistakes all the time. And the best part of it for me is I'm pretty close. That <laughs> I, lo- I love it though. When it's like, not that I love making mistakes, but I love mm-hmm. it when I make a mistake and I can go to somebody and be like, Hey, mm-hmm. I made a mistake. Like that yeah. sucked that I did that. I shouldn't have done that. And then it's like, Oh, that's, that's how I view being yeah. a real Christian is like, hey, I can come back to you and be like, I did something sucky. Well, again, I know I know you have um, – I see tweets and stuff. So it's so funny. And you got your little hiking groups and stuff. And I know a lot of girls in this community, uh, the entertainment reporting, geek girl community, whatever you want to call it, um, we all go to the same conventions. Yeah. It seems to me uh, – it seems to me that you're some kind of, kind of center for a lot of these girls. I don't. I don't want to put too much credit because you probably need them just as much as they need you. But it seems to me I see that a lot from afar. Correct me if I'm wrong. That it's like I'm so glad Tiffany and other people. But it seems like a common thread is you because you're able to listen and maybe help these people. I don't. Know. I mean, is, am I wrong? I I don't know. I wouldn't say. I know that. you don't. I wouldn't get... say that. But I I would love. I love that if that's something that people feel because I want. I bet you it's true. <laughs> and now they're going to say it to you directly. Um, I think that it's more of you know. There, like I said, there's this very competitive vibe in Los Angeles, especially mm-hmm. between girls. I think in a lot of industries, though, but where it's like mm-hmm. women are supposed to compete with each other, and I feel very differently. I'm like, yeah. I want to make sure that I can support you in any way that I can, and if there is a job that I can help you with, if there's, you know, something that I can talk through with you, then mm-hmm. I want to do that. And I think that for me, that the, again, like I said, it comes from having a faith that I have sure. and being able to go back to that and knowing that there's something bigger than me yeah. and, you know, being able to step outside of myself and say, my career's not everything. Like, right. I, why am I here? I, like, I, I've interviewed Paris Hilton or I've interviewed this actor. I've done yeah. this. When I die, who's going to give a crap? <laughs> <laughs> like, no one's going to care about that. I would much rather have people be able to say, you know, yeah. Tiffany was there when I needed to talk through this or, yeah. you know, she was a friend to me or, you know, that yeah. she. You, you take you, the time to care. I'll get those texts from you. How you. How's your day going? How's your week? You know, and, and, and while I say we're close, we don't we're not constant everyday friends. Yeah. You know, what I mean, we're busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I get that. And it's sincere and it's not a, it's not a uh, it's not just on the surface for me. You, you want to know. Yeah. Because you also know that I'm kind of crazy and then I'll show up to shoot <laughs> stack and be like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Um, but anyways, uh, you've done it. Uh, you, you haven't done it perfect because we aren't. But yeah. you've, you've done it right. And, and you're not going to give yourself a lot of credit, Tiffany, but I'm going to tell you because I know your dad's listening. He's done a good job along with your, your mother. You, you, you're doing it right out here. Uh, you guys can't see me, but I'm making a super awkward face. Yeah. Again. She won't look at me in the eyes. Uh, she <laughs> just keeps saying, pour more whiskey with her hand. 
Um, but it's good and it's important. It's, I, I've been impressed with your balance and how you handle it and everything. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Ken. And it's been important for me to have you in my life the last couple of years, getting to know you through Schmo, Schmoville, which we will talk about. I know there's Schmo people listening. We're going to yep. get into that. But uh, you mentioned something. You just triggered something else I want to ask you about. And that's you are, uh, you're still very young. Uh, and I know we all get to a certain age and we don't feel young. Yeah. Even me at 38, I'm young. Uh, you're still very young and you yep. got a lot of time left, but also the ticking time of career and, and life and relationships. And I know you have family goals and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, do, how do you balance the pursuit of normal goals, relationships, uh, husband, wife, uh, kid <laughs> roles, uh, versus career, which sometimes uh, uh, Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac once said, to get my career, I had to give up my dreams of family so how do you as a, as a woman because i i do believe it is different for a woman it yeah. really is yeah how do you approach that how do you balance that how do you look at that um it's a it's you thought i was just going to talk about batman <laughs> we can we've had conversations about dating so you know some of this for me and i don't and need you specifics know, <laughs> yeah. i don't need specifics yes, from you yes. secret girl i just um need... i think that it's it is hard yeah it's hard i mean balancing just career alone and friends and family and social life and having time to recharge because yeah I'm somebody who definitely I need solo time like mm -hmm. I need not Han solo time but I do like Star Wars so Han solo time sometimes is my solo time but I need by myself time just to recharge yeah. and so finding the balance for all of that and then also still having time to be like okay I really need to recharge my battery and like spend uh -huh. some time reading the Bible and like yeah, yeah. going to church and that sort of thing um it, it is a tough balance like mm -hmm. I was talking with Christian today and I was like, sometimes it feels like you're trying to throw 30 eggs into the air yeah. and like juggle them at the same time. And you're like, oh, I don't know what's happening. And hope the big one hits yeah. and everything like that. And it's uh, look, I've seen recently some great examples of of women who have gotten married, started families and kept their career. Yeah. Going Amy Poehler, Tina Fey come to mind. Uh, Maya Rudolph as well. But Tina Fey, I don't know how the heck fire she did that. Yeah. Uh, and it's doing it successfully. I give so much credit to those type of women. Again, yeah. if if people out there don't think it is a different uh, thing for men versus women, I have to. Feel, I feel I have to sacrifice some relationship career stuff too. Yeah. But I could get married at fifty five and raise a family with a twenty five yeah. year old because one of my friends just recently did it. Yeah. And I know it's not the same, and I think it's okay to uh, to address the yeah. differences. And I'm so you know, is there a point? Do you get to that point where you're like, oh, it's cutoff time? Then I mean. It's interesting because I forget. I think, <laughs> I don't mean to talk about like periods and tampon stuff, but there's this little commercial. I do. There's this little commercial that video that came out yeah. this week um, from Always, and it's mm -hmm. like a girl. It's called Like oh, a Girl, yeah, yeah. and it was so interesting to me to see that and be like, okay, everything I do is like a girl because I'm a girl. Right. <laughs> like, right. Just saying that out loud, yeah. people. It, when you hear like a girl, it's immediately like this derogatory kind of negative I'm just a girl. phrase yeah. you know where yeah. you throw like a girl or you run like a girl or you <laughs> yes. whatever it is I'm uh, guilty of that too sometimes I apologize to all women I mean and everyone is because it's yeah. like you watch the clip look it up online you guys it's awesome but it's like mm. the li the younger girls the little girls when mm. they say run like a girl they run hard like they yeah. are trying their best but yeah. the ones who are past puberty older they're yeah. like run like a girl and they're flailing all over the place and you're like at what point does <laughs> yeah. that switch over yeah um where being feminine and being a woman is this negative thing and mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. that i even have 
I think the older that I've gotten, the more balance that I've started to get with that in myself where it's, we joke about me not liking to cry, but there is some part of me that thinks, oh, all those girls who like cry all the time or guys who cry all the time. It's so sissy. It's like whatever. She actually said that to me one time when I cried at her apartment. (laughs) But it's not. It's like there is a balance and, you know, you can still be in touch with your emotional side and Mm -hmm. be feminine and still be strong and, you know, say that you want a family and you want to get married and you want to have kids and that it's not all of a sudden like, oh, well, my career is non-important anymore because I've said I want to have a husband and I want to have a family. Yeah. Uh, Fair answer to, to a tough question. It's tough. I mean, it, it, it's it, tough. And I think we also, especially especially for women, and it's like you want to you want to either hold two roles or or break the roles. So sometimes maybe like yeah, if you're a tough, you know, if you're Ronda Rousey fighting UFC, you know, I'm sure she just sometimes wants to sit down and watch a romantic comedy and cry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and she should be allowed to do that just yeah. as much as she should be allowed to fight. On and the same then level not say like, oh, well, yeah. she's not a tough fighter because she wanted to watch right. that. Yeah, it's like I I I sometimes. Um, uh, I bristle at hashtag activism and a lot of and I, I'm not making light of yes all women there's there was a great thing that happened uh, yeah. um, and a great movement to feel and I'm, I'm glad some of these conversations about rape culture and stuff are happening and we can have these discussions but sometimes I, I fear that if it's the old Seinfeld joke if, if you go too far one way and, and Elaine Bennis once said isn't on a subway a man wouldn't give up his seat and she's like isn't that the downside of feminism we lost the niceties like yeah. I still want to be able to open up a door for a woman mm-hmm. and not be like I can do it too just like yeah uh, but i wanted to treat you nice yeah (laughs) i think there's this is a like Mm -hmm. (laughs) i joke because i'm like it's such an awkward thing to pull from but divergent okay the end of that movie is one of my favorite scenes because Mm -hmm. i think it demonstrates so well yeah like there's this moment where you know shailene woodley's character is running spoiler by the way people spoiler the end of divergence it's not really but kind of Mm -hmm. she's running after the train and four reaches down his hand for her and she's like I can do it myself and he looks at her and says I know you can and yeah. she grabs his hand anyway yeah, where you- it's like there is definitely like I'm a woman there's yeah. no changing that like there are things about me that are different than men yeah. <laughs> like and, and how and like yeah. I want a man I don't yeah. want I mean, yes, I want I want an equal, yeah. but I want someone who is the man in the relationship and I can be the woman in the relationship. Sure. And, you know, I think the hard part comes in where it's like, I've definitely dated guys in Los Angeles specifically where it's like, I'm, I'm not like so successful at what I do, but I have a career and yeah. I work hard and I'm not really struggling anymore. So it's not... You know, it's not like, what am I going to do with my career? You know, yeah. where is it going? When I show up to film Stacked, you're burning hundreds to keep warm. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. It's true. It's not true at yeah. all. Um, but that there have been guys where it's like they can't really handle that because they're like, yeah. well, I don't know what I'm doing with my career yet. Yeah. And I, that to me is where the difficulty comes in because I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want to downplay where I'm at or what I'm doing because it makes you feel less like the man in the relationship. Right. Um, I want somebody who looks at that and says, awesome, like, I want to make this make me want to do more. Yeah. If that makes sense. It, it, it totally makes sense. And it's a complicated issue we, we won't solve here, but it's interesting. And I just, because I watch you from afar and I, I have so, so much admiration for you. I want you to have it all in your life. And Thanks, I know man. sometimes you, you skew towards career because you have to, because yeah. this girl, folks, works so hard. <laughs> I show up to film stack. One of the reasons a lot of people have been asking on, on Facebook, the Facebook group of Schmoville, like, when's more stacked coming? There'll be stacked in some stacked way or another. Stacked is coming back. There'll Don't be worry. some way. But right now it's me and Tiffany. We're both so busy. But 
she is more busy than me because you just you're just working you're, you're doing your thing you're working it so i sometimes from afar uh maybe big brother syndrome I'm like gosh i just wish she could have it all <laughs> you know and you will be in the day comes you'll probably have a baby on your hip and a microphone on the other side <laughs> and you'll kick ass at both and i know you will i um, I, I think that i mean i'm not worried i I'm, know you're not no yeah. that's what I, another thing i admire about you're not worried yeah it's I know stuff will come in the timing it's supposed to come. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, I'm very, you know this about me, but I'm very traditional when it comes to dating and meeting guys and shut up. I, Why did you start? I, I he almost, almost choked on his whiskey. I almost spit up my whiskey because I have, I have argued with you on that before. Yeah. I'm very much like, you need to pursue me. <laughs> I want to be pursued. You we, are the man. You can call me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying and the thing is is that well, I'm not we work, saying we worked it out yeah go ahead yeah I'm not saying that I won't then like open the door and be like hello yes I would like to date you or I'm interested yeah. in you but I would like to be pursued I just I know because remember I come from the Sir Jorah Mormont friend zone side of, <laughs> side of life Khaleesi um, so when you initially said that I ruffled because this was maybe about a year or so ago you're like no a man has to pursue me and I'm like eh, rah, yeah. and you were like well hey no hey hey slow down there pirate I do say I or you felt you made it pretty clear to those gentlemen yeah it's not it's not that I stand in the corner right. and don't look at you like I will <laughs> yeah. look over and be like yeah. ah. Hi, flutter, flutter, I don't know flutter. what that was I just yeah, did I that noise I'm gonna Instagram the picture you just did um and once you said that, I was like, I backed off a little bit because I'm like, all right, that's fair. And then it kind of, um, you know, I, I understand men. It's very, it's hard for men, especially white males. We never get anything in life. No, what I'm saying is it's just like sometimes it it's is. It's vulnerable. It's very hard. We're the ones who are kind of always on the offensive. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of skews some of the stuff that goes on into deeper issues. I'm just talking on, on the dating surface issue. So once you're like, no, 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 I bat my eyes and I'm like, hey, sailor. But it's up for them to go. Yeah. I'm here to clear my attentions. Yeah. Let's go get a raspberry phosphate. Yes. Okay. I think that is, you know, right. and I mean, as all jokes aside, I've been single for most of my life, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard. And I, I do think that the feminism thing made things very difficult because it's like, I am a strong woman, but yeah. guess what? I would like for you to open the door for me. Right. I would like those things also. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird balance. Because I know for guys out there, it's like, there's some girls, like you said, that if you do that for them, they're like, what are you doing? I can open oh, the yeah. door. You know, small thing. I go for a lot of walks in my neighborhood. If I see a woman coming, I go to the outside because yeah. tradition dictates the man goes to the outside because the people up above throw the chamber pots outside. That's just tradition. <laughs> oh, I thought it was because if the car goes off the road, you'd get hit first. Uh, it, it, that too. But <laughs> I, I believe someone can fact check me, but that's kind of where that tradition comes from yeah. because in the old times. So. I've had women like no try to go to the outside and sometimes maybe it's just miscommunication or the dance yeah. the dance where you meet someone you're both going the same yeah. direction but other times someone's going to go could you just I'm trying to be nice yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yes it, it's it's complicated oh dating in LA no one dates in LA <laughs> um, you never did try Tinder huh no it's been a theme of like the last four podcasts I've brought up Tinder. Not only Tinder here, but mm-hmm. like at parties we've had with Schmo Schmo crew. <laughs> I have the boys have tried to get me on Tinder and I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing it. But guess what? If you're on Tinder, I'll go through the girls for you and like yes. pick ones out. And and I've made matches yes, for some people yes, you, who might be sitting here talking yes. to me, but he never contacted I them. Didn't, I didn't contact her, yes. What the uh, heck? As we were trying to um, explain Tinder, well, not explain it to you, just go through it, and you grabbed my phone at a schmo gathering, and, and yes. I said, that thing, you know, I, it's worked for other people, but it's never worked for me. You, I never get a match. Uh, the first 
one you pressed, or maybe within the first five, my <laughs> phone starts lighting up. Ding, 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 ding. Match, 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 match. <laughs> uh, poor girl didn't, uh, I didn't touch contact her. Nope. My loss. You didn't. Uh, all right, let's talk about Schmoville. Yep. As we uh, round into, uh, uh, you know, this uh, second hour of the podcast. Now we're wrapping up here in a bit. But um, that's where I first met you, of course, mm-hmm. was um, Christian Harloff said some girl named Tiffany Smith, who I, again, thought was Filipino and Hispanic. Uh, <laughs> just that one press shot you have. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Well, no, I was off base. Um, well, let me. So, okay. Yeah. Because everyone I know is feel like is going to ask the question always uh-huh. comes up. My mom is Sicilian and Irish. Okay. So she looks like Snow White. She's yeah, okay. pale skin, dark, dark hair, brown eyes. My dad is Creole, so he's French, black, Spanish, right. and Cherokee Indian. Yeah, um, that's so a lot that's of mixtures. So that's my blend. And we're not talking like 1%. We're talking there's a lot of percents in there. Yeah, there's a lot of percents right, in there. Right, right, okay. So yeah. I just say I'm ethnically ambiguous at this point. You are, you are, you are. But <laughs> it, it suited me well for travel. People are very nice to me because they assume I'm whatever they are. <laughs> whatever, like, they, yeah. whatever they need to be for that survey at yeah. the time. Um, anyways, you come in on the Sean Stone episode. Uh, you or I uh, were on the air together talking to Oliver, Stone, uh, Oliver Stone's son, Sean. And horror films. And, and yeah. Horror films, which scared. And then you kind of move into Schmoville, uh, January 13th, take over from Katie Sackoff. Uh, got that right? Right, January 13th? Mm-hmm. And you've been with us. You've been with the brand. Um, one of the interesting things I wanted to ask you is uh, is the Schmo guys, Christian and Mark, and then yeah. uh, who have brought everyone else in. Uh, first, me, uh, not counting the original, some of the original female hosts, Catherine and all those guys, uh, those gals, uh, bring me and produced. And Riley shows up, and Makuga, and then you're on board and everything. Uh, JTE, we met and brought in JTI at the time. Shoesy pants for a little while, all that stuff. Um, one thing we all either kind of knew each other outside of JTI, mm-hmm. who was this vagabond from uh, Ecuador. <laughs> Uh, we all knew each other in some degree. I knew Christian very well. Knew yeah. Mark relatively well. Knew of Makuga, that, that dastardly frat boy. Knew Riley from afar. Yeah. yeah Shuzi, Joe Ruggiero was a friend of mine previously. So we all knew each other. So we've got this mm-hmm. thing. And now here you are, the girl of the group, outnumbered <laughs> like seven to one. Yeah. Uh, and you have kind of, it's kind of an outsider perspective, huh? Yeah. How do you view the frat boys over there? Well, so I, let me just tell you first how I met them. I met Christian and Mark at an audition um it was for a talk movie show and we were supposed to act like we're best friends like the version of the friends coffee shop where you're sitting chatting but (laughs) we chat movies gotcha um so we auditioned there and it was very much the same kind of vibe that you get with the comic book world where it's like we sat down we talked christian and mark were like oh she really does know movies (laughs) and then we walked out of the audition and they're like hey like would you would you want to be on our podcast at some point and i was like yeah sure i'd love to Um, And so coming into the show, I think it was, you know, I definitely like meeting Christian and Mark first. I was like, okay, I get their vibe. You know, yeah, they've been friends for such a long time. They love talking movies. It's almost much more this vibe of like hanging out at their apartment in college. Couple of schmoes drinking from red plastic cups. Exactly, exactly. And then I think the first time I came in, I was a little bit overwhelmed because you're like, like you said, there are, there's a lot of dudes, one girl. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, I knew that Katie Sackhoff had been the host before. And you were, you were a Battlestar fan. I'm a huge Battlestar fan. Yeah. And having listened to the podcast before, I was like, well, Katie's like, Katie's like even more like cool girl boyish than I am. Like, I think I'm pretty cool, but like yeah. she's like badass. Katie, what people like, need to realize about Katie, and if I ever was to get her on the show, it'd be amazing. But Kate, Katie is one of the all time great 
uh, like girls who can hang with the boys. Yeah. She sets that to a new, I, new level. I, I joke, she raises the bar. I joke, but this is when I've done podcasts with her. She comes in and it's like the cool big sister for me yeah. where it's like Katie does or says something and I'm like, I want to do that. Like <laughs> Katie will curse on the podcast and she looks at me and she's like, you want to say a bad word, don't you? And I'm like, okay. Only time you've cursed. Shit. Yeah. Like that's what I'll like I, there. She's just so cool. Yeah. So coming in and thinking, you know, I'm taking over for Starbucks, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. this awesome chick who they're all friends with. She knows them really well. They have this banter. So it was a little intimidating coming in the first time, you and know. Plus, when you end, when any girl enters the room with Makuga, there's that two seconds of I, you know, you love that guy. Didn't happen for me. <laughs> Did not happen for me. I don't believe that. Um, I, 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 there was definitely a podcast where you guys tried to put me on the hot seat and be like, "Who would you pick?" And I, I picked you. You picked me because I'm did. so nice and I take care of you. I Score did. one for it's Sir true. Jorah. It's true. I'd treat it's you true. so nice. I'd be the worst fat ball of boring <laughs> husband ever. But uh, yeah, no, and I get that. I get that. Yeah, I get that. But so you know, it was a little intimidating. But then we sat down for the first show, and I think you know. Doing G four and just mm-hmm. kind of having this mentality where it's like I've been in a boys club quite a sure. quite a bit at this point just from the things that I enjoy talking about and reading and watching and um, being there and being able to be snarky and quick witted and not caring and not worrying about what <laughs> Christian's saying or being able to be like that's not true or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know really being able to school them when it comes to Lord of the Rings or maybe on some like Unless sci-fi it comes fantasy to a, a stuff. trivia question. Well, if it's yeah. a trivia, I get nervous. We all know this. Okay. Um, but who's the only one who has a Lord of the Rings elvish tattoo on the podcast? This girl. Clearly you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a it's light been... in a dark place. No. Yeah. Katie. We told Katie that one too and she made it dirty and I was like, oh man. Yeah, well. Um, so being there now for quite a while, it's like yeah. I got a whole bunch of brothers. Yeah. Anytime a dude comes up, it's like... Ellis said to me recently, he's like... I'll break his knees if that guy breaks your heart. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it, I never had brothers. And now yeah. I've got a whole bunch of them. And slew. one super creepy dude that apparently wants to date me that was probably sitting in this chair, which kind of He was sitting in that out. chair. I did give you different headphones. You're talking about Finstock, uh, the the enigma that is Finstock, who yep. um, I can't tell if he really loves you or it's just a gimmick. <laughs> I don't know, but he thinks you have nice clavicles. And what girl gets that compliment? I, I, I just, I don't even know how to... Do you remember the first time you met Finstock? What was it? He came on the podcast. Well, I, I he know He was wearing that. the beard beanie. Did he, tw- I think he was tweeting at you before. I don't think I don't know. I think the clavicles thing started before, before he even, came on the show. Even met you. I feel like maybe he came on once and then started tweeting the clavicle thing because the clavicle thing <laughs> and the and so the bizarre that we're talking about the clavicle thing. and the shoesy pants shoe foot thing. Oh, shoesy in his shoes, his feet. Yeah, yeah, those happened around the same time. It did, and I was like, okay, this is what Schmoville can be sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it's this. <laughs> Two dudes, one taking pictures of your feet, the other one taking... Uh, My collarbones. Pot shots at your clavicles. Weird. Yeah. Um, and I, I Who's still... Who's creepier, Shoesy or Finstock? <sighs> Don't answer that. That's mean. You would never dare. I mean, you can here's say the thing. Finstock is... He's just, like you said, an enigma. I can't yeah. figure him out. And, you know, there have been times where we, we went to a party one time well, with a bunch of us. Yeah. And, you know... It was, he was so kind and sweet and like, there was a a weird guy trying to dance with me and this, Mm -hmm. who knows, maybe this was his like, 
hey, I'm going to be nice to her right now because that guy's being even weirder than me. But it was that. like, he he was like, are you okay? Like, do you want to come sit over here and talk? And not like creepy at all. Just like, <laughs> I see that you're being a, like accosted by this guy yeah. and you feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to pull you out of it. Um, and and, and that, you, were, you were so certain by that point that this Finstock character was someone you did not want in your life. And all yeah. of a sudden he was sincerely nice. I it was it. so out of character. I I've never it. seen that side of him again since that party. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but apparently I'm going on some kind of like group date with him. And when I say group date, it means that every single schmo is going to be there. Because you're speaking of the contest. If the Schmoes No podcast or the Schmoes No movie show gets the number one on iTunes, which yep. is in the power of you fans of uh, rating and reviewing to get it up, uh, yeah. we will uh, arrange a date between Tiffany and Finstock. And we'll be there to protect you, of course. Yes. So outside of that. We'll never solve the, the mystery no. of Finstock and you, but... Uh, there is no mystery. There's nothing from my side. There's zero from my side. I will say I I, I love the whole Schmoville family. It's yeah. very... It, it was crazy because I do think the interesting thing about the show and the podcast itself is that there is such a strong community of fans and they're yeah. so awesome and they're so committed and everyone feels like family you know yeah. from the listeners to people tweeting whatever it is yeah. so i think it was really cool i remember when i first came in and christian was like yeah everybody really liked you and i'm like yeah. that's awesome so it felt really good to be welcomed into the family that way yeah um and, quite, and not there's been i don't recall any instances where the fans have turned on anyone um and and kicked them out of the the the, the family so yeah, to speak yeah they're they're so loving and supportive as, yeah. as a fan base but mm-hmm. also there's an extra special like oh we like her yeah and you definitely had that early on yeah are you ever gonna bring a a a date to one of our schmo gatherings <laughs> you're afraid you're smart to not but are you afraid to? I am not afraid to. Mm-hmm. I think that it comes down to the fact that like I've said I'm I'm mostly mostly been single for most of my life. That's true. I know there's always this thing of like where people are like girls say that all the time but I'm like no like I didn't get asked to the prom. Mm. I didn't have boyfriends. I had like two boyfriends my whole life. Right. So even back then, so that's what you mean by that too. I yeah. just thought in general in LA or you being no. busy with career, but even back then. It's just yeah, it's always oh. it's always been that way. I just I mean I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of nerdy and it's sure. that kind of like I want certain things and you know especially yeah. when you're like oh you're the christian girl and yeah, you're that's... smart and you're like yeah. it, i, d- I understand <laughs> no um, i was on yeah. a roll okay <laughs> i'm just gonna say it i might i might have written with sparkly glitter pens but i was on a roll you're on a roll yeah no you i mean you have i uh, high standards is an incorrect term you have standards yeah uh that are are lofty and and should and i think a lot of people men or men or women should have standards but uh yeah so that that factors in too but again you're busy now i just i was curious i didn't know back <laughs> then yeah back in high school or college yeah. i figured you were wild swinging from the chandeliers or something no. so i guess no. not nope red plastic cups uh filled of of keystone light you know nope. no okay. no i i, I like i just i didn't really date that much i mean i think when no. i was younger too it was like you're not really allowed to date well, did um, you experience that too? That's a little bit of my issue again. Not wrong word, but the only thing I can think of in the time is a little bit of the stuff I battled too. Is I was it was a very strict upbringing. Yeah. When it came to that. Yeah. I mean, everyone famously knows now. I haven't seen a lot of movies from the eighties because I wasn't allowed to, <laughs> and even though I can see them yeah. now, I still haven't because I'm afraid my mom will be upset because yeah. I watched the sex scene in Top Gun. <laughs> but um, when it came to women, like uh, and girls, like. 
uh, it wasn't that they shut it down. They actually, yeah. my mom won at the eighth grade graduation dance was mad I didn't dance with Nicole. But uh, at the same time, like in high school, when I had a girl in my room and we were work, working on a script for yeah. a drama thing, she was the one who was like, open the door. And I was like, it's not polite to open up or have doors closed and girls in rooms. And yeah. it's like, ah, uh, and I shrunk away. So did you battle that kind of stuff too? Uh, we were, I, I don't know when I was first allowed to start dating, quote mm-hmm. unquote, which like dating, I want to say in like middle school is like, he's my boyfriend. Like we hold hands. We're all going to go see which, Dick Tracy in a group. I jokingly say we hold hands, but you know, I don't like holding hands. Uh. <laughs> I know what that she means is at Comic-Con, I tried to hold her hands for the entire convention. She wouldn't let me. <laughs> no, Ken, it's okay. We can, we can talk about the hand holding thing. I just don't, I just, yeah. I'm not a very PDA person you are, when I'm dating. And so it's like, if I'm dating somebody, I'm like, oh, don't, oh, okay, to, to my, my surprise, hand. I won't get into, I won't embarrass you, but to <laughs> my surprise, you are such uh, a great, a loving, loyal friend and such a warm person and all that stuff. And, and, and that is so, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, but I was shocked to learn feelings aren't your favorite thing. <laughs> Uh, holding hands, uh, yeah, you're good with a hug at a party for a friend. But uh, you know, if, if if you and I were married, like you had picked in that contest, and I'd be like, "Hey, honey, here's a, what do you want at the grocery store? Let me give you a hug." You'd be like, "Stop, stop, go get a watermelon. <laughs> go, go pick up some cantaloupe. We need some cheese." Like that's, I was shocked to learn uh, that, that you're a type of person. I don't know if it. I don't know if it's. It's not something that. It, I think it will change and be different mm-hmm. the longer I'm with someone. But I just don't like seeing PDA. I hate seeing those couples that are all over each other somewhere, and you're like, you could go somewhere. I'm not talking. I'm not talking that you and your boyfriend are going to make out French kiss in the lobby of an AMC movie theater. I'm saying if if you're at a a comic convention or something or somewhere public, and he comes up and kind of rubs the back of your neck and your your back and says, "Hey, honey, how you doing?" You're going to have a problem with that. Sounds like you want to. Looks like you no, want to say yes. No. Looks like you wanted to say yes. <laughs> no. No. Here's the thing, especially with the schmo crew. <laughs> you wanted to say yes. No. No. Especially with the schmo crew, it's like, it's like meeting your parents, yeah, or like fourteen brothers at the same time. Like, yeah. I'm gonna bring a guy in, and all of you guys have opinions, yeah. and a lot of times it's like, hmm. There are certain things that some people know about me. Some people don't know about me. We sure. haven't talked about the fact, like certain things where it's just like, yeah, I I want to be treated in a certain way. I am not somebody who's dating around all the time. It's yeah, yeah. like I'm if I'm dating you at this point in my life, I'm like I'm trying to figure out if you're somebody that I could be with for a really long time. If right. we could get married, you you're, you have long term goals. Yeah. And so I think that when you bring someone into a group like that, it's like, okay, well, are you ready for this? Because <laughs> right. there's a lot of personalities to deal with, yeah. and there's a lot of personalities that I can't control. I don't know what I don't know what Finstock's going to say to a dude I'm dating. <laughs> I don't know what Christian's hey, going to say hey, to a dude hey, I'm dating. Hey, dude, have you have you kissed her clavicle? Oh, gross! Stop. Hey, hey. Right? Yeah. No. I, we should if if that ever happens, and I hope soon that you 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 find someone you find worthy enough to bring to a schmo event. We're just going to line up in a line. Just it goes Christian and Mark and a little space, and then me, Riley, Makuga, Finstock, JTE, the whole crew, uh, Cody Hall, Cobster, everyone there. And uh, I hope that you just we just go down the line and we get to ask them one question. 
That's what I want. I can't, okay. That's what I, want. I I would kind of love that actually. Uh, okay. We'll see. You heard it here, Christian. Folks. I mean, Christian asked me the other day. He was like, "So, like, how long do you think you'd have to be? You'd be dating a guy before you like bring him to something with us?" And I was like, "I don't know. It might be like when I'm engaged." <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Wow. Like I mean, you, like after your your wedding. Like, all right, now like, guys, I think. You're, guess what? Yeah. I have a husband. <laughs> what? Oh well. Oh, that's I. I gosh, I, I must live to see that day where we all do that test at a party. <laughs> I hope it happens sooner than later. Um, well, it's been such a joy to have you in Schmoville too. Uh, you've been a great addition, and I hope as uh, as the brand grows and some the big announcements that have been coming, uh, uh, we're gonna really uh, hopefully get to experience more of your knowledge and more specific knowledge on other sections, the comic books and the movies, and and uh, you know if we could just do a podcast quoting Lord of the Rings, I would love that. We could do that. Oh my gosh, I would love yeah. that. That would be good, um, but I'm glad. Yeah, you've you've had fun in Schmoville. You've uh, you, with these these crazy brother frat boys, and I like that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's been, it's cool because it's something where, you know, you get to meet people, you talk about things that I wouldn't generally get to do or talk about, and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a difference between, you know, working for Fandango is fantastic, and getting to do Junkets is such a different experience and cool, and getting to talk to these actors about their films, but it's, it's very... It happens in a certain way all the time, sure. and then it's like you come on a show like this, and there's so much more like flexibility and play, and you know, I still go back to uh, when who came on. I'm trying to think of who it was that I got awkward around. Sean. Oh Aston. yeah, when Sean Astin came on. Yeah. Um, that during the podcast, I was fine. It was yeah. after the fact when he's like, "So I hear you really like Lord of the Rings." That I totally nerded out, and I'm like, "Those are moments that don't happen in the day to day job, you know, where you're." I mean, not everyone has a day to day gig where they're interviewing and doing junkets, yeah. but there's definitely a different vibe because you get to spend some more quality time with people that you're interviewing. Yeah, well, or chatting I, with. when I was interviewing Alicia Malone and uh, and Maud. Uh, Alicia was saying, you know, on those junkets, you have to be so. There's there's rules, there's strictness, yeah. there's decorum, oh, there's yeah. this, there's policies, procedures, and on us, it's just like, hey, Katie, you can get Katie yourself kicked off out. drunk in the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I it's mean, good. you yeah. can literally. Yeah, uh, there have been situations where I've been prepped before. I was covering it for somebody, got prepped before just to say, you know, we haven't been able to interview this person in a really long time because of whatever happened last time. Oh yeah, so don't screw it up. Yeah, and you're like. That is a great way to go into an interview where I'm like, oh, God. Do they tell you what, he, yeah. what the previous person did? Or you have to I figure mean, it out. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Don't ask him if he ever had a pet dog. Like, <laughs> you, you mean, you definitely get that where it's like you're not allowed to ask about this. Mm-hmm. Do not bring this topic up. I can get that. Um, and, you know, but there's some stuff where it's like, I'm sure Alicia talked about this a bit, too, where it's like there are certain things. As a reporter, as an interviewer, journalist, you've got to ask. So it's like if they tell you not yeah. to, you save it till the very end, mm-hmm. and then you ask it, and you're like, "Cool, okay, thanks, bye." Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> uh, I do want to talk before we go here, as we wrap up. Uh, DC All Access, yeah, uh, with Blair Herder. You've been co-hosting on yeah. DC's uh, website, right? Yeah, um, that's where they can find it. It's on their YouTube channel, the mm-hmm. DC Entertainment Channel, um, and then as well as their website, DCComics.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one. I it was really cool because the year before I used to host the red carpets for mm-hmm. Marvel Live for all their film premieres and that was such an incredible gig for me. I yeah. remember getting to do the first one that I did was for the Avengers premiere at the El Capitan Theater. Right. And I remember right before we went live and it was 2 hour live stream um they I wasn't interviewing anybody. It was just like 
you're going to talk about comics and you're going to talk about like the color on the carpet and what's going yeah. on and actors that are showing up. Right before we started, they came up to me and they're like, so we decided that they want you to announce the entire cast at the end on the stage. Oh, wow. You get to announce all of the actors. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I'm like, I got to be down there and, you know, man, like a dream come true for me where it's sure. like, I am announcing characters that I grew up reading and loving and this is the first time we're getting all of them in a movie. So that was an awesome cool. job for me. And so... Getting to do that and then saying, okay, this other opportunity came, has come up for a show on DC Comics, for DC Comics, um, that's basically just about everything, whether yeah. it's um, the TV shows, the movies, the writers, the artists. Um, and for that gig, I mean, they sent they sent somebody to my comic shop to make sure that I actually went to the shop and bought comics. Really? And well, yeah, like some yeah. dude in a black suit went over to to uh, the, the comic yeah, shop. Yeah, they did um, because they wanted to make sure that I was actually somebody who knew yeah. what I was talking I mean, about. I get that I why couldn't. you need yeah. to, but that's yeah. that's kind of yeah. interesting. So that for me, it was so <laughs> encouraging because you know when you like when you go in and you're talking to somebody like Jeff Johns or Jim yeah. Lee. And you know that they know you know about comics mm -hmm. when they trust you and they're excited for they're you to be yeah. talking about their brand and the things that they work on. Mm -hmm. It's such an awesome feeling where, yeah. you know, I can really like I sat down with um, John Romita Jr. last week, which wow, I like. I mean, the guy was at Marvel for 20 years. His mm -hmm. dad is also an was also an incredible artist that people know about. Um, and so getting to go to his house, look at his artwork see where he draws and just like chat with him. I'm like, this is hmm. ridiculous. Um, yeah. So the DC comics job, both of them. I mean, I look at both of those things and I'm like, wow, if I told like little Tiffany, guess what? One day yeah. you're going to work for Marvel and one day you're going to work for DC. I would never have believed it. Do like you, do you use those maybe moments of being down or depressed. I use it like this. Uh, um, if I'm down and depressed, I'm like, go back and tell your 14 year old self you got to be in a match with Roddy Roddy Piper. Like, go back and tell yeah. yourself like this is some of the stuff you got to do. So do you ever like draw on that when you need to? I try and you know, there's, um, I try and journal the high points for me where it's like if stuff's going mm. on, I can look back and be like, cool. but guess what? This happened and yeah. this happened and this happened and, um. They talk about it. I don't know where it is, uh, like in the Bible, but they they used to put stuff on their staff. They would write down stories on their staff. Is so that, that like a comic book? The Bible? <laughs> I actually have had the you, comic I, I book. Had, I had the, the action one. Bible. Yeah, growing um, up. Yeah. But where it's like you write down the things on there, so you can go back and look at them because sure. for whatever reason, yeah. we're wired in a way that it's very easy to forget the good stuff, and you always remember the bad yeah. things. It's so, like Julia Roberts said in Pretty Woman: the bad stuff is easier to believe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so getting to go back and say, you know, whoa, this thing happened. Mm -hmm. This thing happened. Like, I got to host Attack of the Show on my birthday. Yeah. I got to announce the cast of The Avengers. Yeah. Like, I've gotten to interview people that I would never have imagined being in the same room with. And, yeah. you know, I think as a host, too, that's something where it's, I love that part of it, that the fan in me has never gone away. That's cool. Um, and it can, one of the cool perks uh, is you being such a comic person is the advertisements for DC All Access that oh pop my God. in comics. Come on. You got <laughs> yeah. to, you have to sit back. I know as humble as you are, you got to sit back and just kind of be like, that's, I'm in that comic. That's it cool. It is that's cool. so cool. I remember going to WonderCon this year yeah. and in the um, pamphlet that they give away, we were, I, we were on the back page of the WonderCon yeah. brochure and I was like, 
Are you kidding me? This is the coolest thing ever. I think I gave you that copy of that like LA Weekly magazine oh, yeah, yeah. or something that has Daenerys on the front oh, yeah. and you on the back. Yep, which was so appropriate because yeah. you call me Mother of Comics. Yes. So it was Mother of Dragons and the Mother of Comics <laughs> on the front and back pages. Together at yeah. last as they should. Well, I have kept you long enough and I know you're so busy. I want to I get you home to read more comics <laughs> and read your Bible and not have feelings. I have to catch up on some Orange is the New Black. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, good stuff. It's money jam right now. Uh, Thank you so much for coming to Knapsack Files. I teased you on air last week on Schmoes that uh, when you were going to come on, but I always knew it was because you were too busy. Um, So thank you so much for taking the time to come. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to do it. It wasn't too uncomfortable. We didn't get it. No, it wasn't at all. Yeah. I mean, the camera shots of your feet, I'll, I'll... tweet out later (laughs) i'll text you later and be like can you delete this can you take this part out can you get rid of this i didn't mean to say that and i know i'm gonna publicly put this on record i better meet your father within a calendar year i want rick smith i want to have a coffee or a soda pop (laughs) or a raspberry phosphate with your father because i think he's just such a fascinating character from afar and how he raised you and your... I don't know your sister, but I assume yeah. she's just as good as you in terms of all this stuff. I don't <laughs> want to cause a sister war. But he and... And what is your mom's name? I don't know. Cause, Tanya. Because she doesn't tweet Rick me. Rick Tanya. She, she doesn't tweet me. So tell no. her to tell her. Tell my, her to, no, my mom doesn't do the whole social good, media thing. Good. She just looks on Facebook on my dad's. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, they have done such a good job with such a... One of my favorite people in town. It's been a pleasure to meet you over the last couple of years and get to know you. And now get to really know you. <laughs> that was really creepy. <laughs> Yes, you can meet my dad. Okay. I I will agree to that. Okay, good. Um, good. I I like. I know this sounds super cheesy. I'm not going like, to ask for your hand in marriage no, or something. I'm gonna, I just want to go sit down with. The I was dude. about to just say something really nice about my parents. Okay, say it. But like, I know it doesn't happen all the time where you get parents who are incredibly supportive and incredibly mm-hmm. proud of the things that you do, especially in this industry where it's like it's so you never know how things are going to happen. Yeah. So I do feel incredibly blessed to have parents who want to be involved and are proud of the things that I do and want yeah. to tweet about them and want to be involved in Schmoville. I mean, my dad great. is my dad is a Schmoville resident. I would take him in a fight with Finstock, so and it might happen. Um, <laughs> it might put it on pay-per-view. It would be a successful event. It's true. Uh, of course, on Twitter, they can find you at Tiffany's Tweets, yep. where you get news and joyful Instagram pictures from Disneyland and Tiffany's Epiphanies, yep. which was the first time I learned that you liked the Jesus yep. when I saw one of your Tiffany Epiphany tweets. Yep. Uh, uh, you can find her on Schmozno with us at Schmozno and Schmozno.com, our podcast, the Schmozno Movie Show, which is really no more a podcast. It's more of an internet TV show about movies that has an iTunes component. And we're live every Thursday, 6 p.m. PST on Schmozno.com. Where else? DC All Access, of course. Fandango. DC All Access, Fandango, yeah. Schmoz, yeah. Stacked. Um, I do, we just finished up the Game of Thrones podcast over at Geek yep. Nation, but now we do the Far, Far Away podcast. It's all right. about Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, and hopefully soon some acting stuff so, that I'll keep you guys Yeah, and we didn't on. even discuss that. I wanted to get, I know, you, I, I actually predict you're going to make a bigger hit one day as an actress than you are uh, even now. I, I I didn't talk to you about that. I, I just have what? that I just have that gut feeling. Um, but so if you want to stalk Tiffany, there's a lot of avenues to do it. <laughs> and uh, of course, this has been another uh, fun uh, overtime edition of the Knapsack Files, and you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher. If you're on iTunes, do me that favor. Subscribe, of course, and rate and review. That is how I will get higher and higher and if you are nice to me i'll bring finstock back on fans so you can learn more about whoever the hell that man is maybe uh, i'll come on and guest star oh you and finstock in an episode of knapsack files would be which smash <laughs> all records all records uh don't forget to find the 
Knapsack Files on Facebook, too. Like it there so you never miss an episode. And uh, catch me on Schmoes Now as well on Twitter at Catnapsack. All those social media stuff that drives the world round and round. So until next time, for Tiffany Smith and her parents and God and the comic book universe, I'm Ken Knapsack. We will see you next time. <laughs>